You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Now Jones escapes pressure, fires downfield, and it's caught! Darius Slayton! Man, this kid is awesome. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. How you doing, Grump? We've we've hit that time of the year where, uh, you know, we call it silly season, and instead of talking about the draft or free agency or what's the defense going to look like or schedules, we got to talk about this shit now. So let's let's get right into it. So we always plan ahead how we're going to do our episodes uh, throughout the off season, and um, inevitably we have to leave some space for any news that breaks um, and and <laughs> yeah. news usually when you think ahead like that you, you're thinking like oh in, in case we sign Marcus Golden or you know in in case uh, some team cuts somebody that is unexpected and suddenly they're on the waiver wire or something like that or, or even this year a news about the schedule you know like oh they're, they're they're going ahead to play without fans or something like that so you know but you know we're in this crazy time right now where at you know four o'clock in the afternoon you're not actively looking for NFL news right and any news that you do find every year whether there's a pandemic or not any news that you find at this time of the year is bad news. Um, and whenever you're planning ahead, you don't think about that. I know I certainly always forget it every year that any news that breaks right now is not good. Uh, and, and the Giants and spe- got some bad news. Yeah, especially if you like follow college football as much as I do. You know this is the time when people transfer, people get arrested, people you know flunk out of school or whatever. So you know, this is just the professional extension of that, and we got hit pretty bad. I mean, I don't know how much worse it could possibly get for this particular player. I mean, it could certainly be a more influential player on the Giants, but well, it could be it could be Ray Carruth who's charged with killing somebody. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it could terms, be worse. In, I mean, of course, if we're talking about the infraction, but we're talking about the penalty, it's going to be all the same either way. It's lost forever. Sure. So, so here here we have the situation where DeAndre Baker has turned himself into Miramar. Florida police on Saturday on four counts of armed robbery and four counts of aggravated assault from a Wednesday night house party. Now, the reason why I say that ends up being the same for the Giants franchise, whether it's killing somebody or not, is that each of those four counts carries a 15-year sentence. So that's forever. Yeah. Assuming that's the maximum of that, what yeah, we get. So let, let's be, start the maximum. Yeah. Let, let's start with that. Yeah. So. Um, the arrest was issued after a police report was made claiming that DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar, the Seahawks cornerback, former Redskins corner. I'm glad you didn't say former Gator wide receiver too. I, I, mean, I was going to. Was. I was getting there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, uh, the 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 police report claims that the two of them stole twelve thousand dollars in cash and watches at gunpoint with a third assailant. Baker instructed that assailant to shoot a person that was entering the room. Um, and then the story that has enveloped, we're not sure if it's actually in the police report or not, or if there's any affidavit in this way, but the story is that DeAndre Baker lost $70,000 in a dice game earlier on, a different night, and something like that, earlier that week. Um, the interesting thing is that for a long time, neither Baker nor Dunbar had turned themselves in, claiming their innocence. They eventually did. Baker's attorneys have spoken out pretty aggressively, um, and they don't believe that any part of the police report is true, um, that the police were just doing their job and taking the affidavit and following through with what they needed to do. Um, And since then, many of the victims have recanted their statements. Uh, We're not sure how many, and we're not sure if it's all of them or just a small portion, but just that um, uh, several have. Um, both attorneys are expecting the charges to be completely dismissed. Uh, they're also in the process of obtaining video evidence exonerating DeAndre Baker. Um, there is a third problem, which is that the police report 
claims or states that the three cars used to get to the party were pre-positioned for getaway, which leads the whole crime to premeditation, which carries a heavier sentence, obviously. So, this news broke Wednesday. Go for it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the first thing is that we none of us know exactly what happened yet. So I think that's very important to remember when we're rushing to do anything, when we're rushing to judgment, rushing for punishment, rushing for what the Giants should do, rushing to fire Dave Gettleman, rushing to sign another cornerback. We don't know anything yet. Nobody knows anything yet. And, and quite honestly, knowing exactly what happened or didn't happen may not be as important as how the league handles this and the Giants do handle it. And it's very important. Um, innocent until proven guilty is the burden of proof that needs to be or, sh- you know, the legal system has a different burden of proof and a much tougher burden of proof than, you know, if you charge someone in a civil suit or what the NFL determines is enough. So there are two ways you can look at this, you know, in your staunch defense of somebody and in your harshest criticism of, you know, putting a hammer on them that just because someone is innocent until proven guilty and just because, you know, beyond reasonable doubt is what the legal system does does not necessarily mean that is what the giant's standard will be to determine did this person do it? Did they put themselves in a situation that violates the ethics clauses of the of the NFL and of its contracts? So it doesn't necessarily matter exactly what happened and what is proven and what the things are. It's what do the Giants do about this? And more importantly, when do they do something about this? I think that's kind of the short-term issue is, you know, Everybody is super fucking pissed. I mean, I am, you are, every Giant fan is. Everybody has their pitchforks out. They want to cut the guy as fast as possible. But the Giants are a business, unlike just like the other 31 teams in the league. The salary cap does not have a forgiveness because you have a bad guy on your team. You know, rules are rules, and you have to... Think about the ultimate best interest of your team beyond that first three or four days of public outcry. So So let's start right off the bat. The reason why fans want to cut his ass is A, because – well, I mean there's, there's several things here. The first thing is he didn't play very well last year. Let's be honest. If this were Saquon Barkley in this situation – most of the Giants fan base would be defending him, saying, oh, all these victims have recanted their statements. I mean, there would be a much different reaction when it's a player that plays very well. Um, Uh, I mean, if the guy was Eric Flowers or the guy was Nate Solder, to a lesser extent, I I would buy that a little more. I mean, the guy was a rookie. The guy, I, you know, I didn't struggles. say it was I, right. I, I'm just telling you. Yeah, how, yeah how it plays I, out. I, I think it's a very small percentage of people who th- who think that. I'm, for, for the initial reaction of just cut him or whatever, it's it's based partly on the fact that 90 percent of the time when something like this happens, where there's an arrest warrant, there's very substantial proof that, um, you know, you almost know that it's it's just true anyway. And then you add on the fact that he didn't play very well anyway. Giants fans are ready to turn their back on him until more and more news came out. I mean, I'm talking Wednesday night or Thursday or whatever versus Sunday morning. Um, True. A lot has changed. Now, the Giant fan who thinks that, who thinks, well, he wasn't that good anyway, just get rid of him, is not factoring two very important things. One, this guy was your starting cornerback next year on one side. And B, no regard for the salary cap, the money that has to be paid, things like that too. So I think a third thing, growth. They're not factoring in growth. 
I mean, really, when you think about it, most cornerbacks that start right out of college don't perform very well. They probably perform a little bit better than DeAndre Baker did, but the whole secondary was bad last year. There were a number of issues back there. But, I mean, you're not factoring into the fact that this kid could grow into a very good cornerback. So just because he had his first year out of college wasn't very good, that he is just a not good football player. That That's very silly. I mean, it's all three of those things. Um, as it is, Baker was instructed to stay away from voluntary team activities. Basically, he was excused um, and was told to concentrate on his legal issues while he had them. So there's a couple things here. If he's convicted guilty, obviously he's going to prison. He's not going to play. If he's not, there's a couple of different scenarios now. Um, He could continue to play for the Giants and be punished by the league. Or he could... I mean, I guess there's a chance he could not be punished by the league, right? I mean... If the charges are dropped in the next week or so and there's absolutely no case to it and that's the end of it, I could, you know, I can conceivably see, you know, he may, he might have a suspension for just conduct detrimental as opposed to, you know, there's different degrees of what it is. But uh, I don't think he'll get off scot-free by the league even if he's, you know, he survives legally. I mean, so the, like, like you discussed, uh, the NFL has its own – the legal system has a burden of proof. The victims have to prove that this man is guilty for the things that they say he is. The, the, NFL state, has, has, the state has to, not not the victims. The state does. That's a difference. I, yeah. I, okay. Fair. Um, it's all based on victims' evidence in a situation like this, I think. Um, but anyway, the NFL doesn't have to do any of that. The NFL is interested in one thing only, and that's to make money. And in order to make money, they have to have good PR. And B- PR is damaged by things like this. Um, and I, I, I don't remember – I think it was Tory Smith said on Twitter very eloquently that this time of year is very bad for football players because there's about five to ten players that get in trouble around this time for various different things, major and minor, and they account for less than one percent of the league, and yet they form the stereotype that the league is full of bad guys, etc. Um Nevertheless, the, the league does damage control, and they put the hammer down hard. If you make the league look bad, you will get punished. Now, usually when we see things like this where the league punishes even though um, there are no like charges filed or anything like that, it's because there's still some sort of damning video. Anytime you can put a video on the screen next to Anderson Cooper's face and put the word NFL anywhere on the screen – it's probably going to have, you know, a, yeah, when, a punishment. Exactly. When the eyeballs watching that video are not watching it on ESPN, but they are watching it on the beginning of the local news or on network news or on CNN or Fox, something where the sports fan isn't normally doing it, that's bad. And that is, you know, they, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it's not fair necessarily for the player. I mean, because we've seen cases. Was it Ray Rice who, you know, had got punished by the league? It was over. The video came out and got punished again. Yeah. Like, and he essentially got punished his, twice for the same – we all knew what happened before seeing yeah. it. He didn't beat his girlfriend a second time. It happened one time and he because then the court of public opinion came out and, you know, action was demanded. Like, oh, you didn't, you didn't act – you didn't act tough enough the first time because now I can see it and now I know. You know, it's it's really isn't fair, and this is I mean, that where that really ended his career. Yeah, I mean, this is where I agree that there should be a players' union to defend them for cases like this because they're such at the mercy of the owners. You know, collective bargaining for contracts and stuff—you can take that. You know, they're going to hold out because they want X amount of the pie or something. That gets very, uh, you know, front and center. <laughs> Yeah, but it's more, you know, it, it's not nuts and bolts. It's more conceptual, I guess, you know, and, you know, we deserve to have this. But when you start talking about things where you really can get protection from a union, this is where they should be they coming in. But again, you know, the union knows that they are trying to get as much as they can collectively. You know, the you know, Mr. Spock said the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one and. Quite often, players are hung out to dry. That's not that's not 
you know, giving them a free pass for the action they did, but for the due process that is afforded to them through their union, through their agent, through the legal means. So, yeah, and um, so I actually do think that there is a chance that um, he gets through scot free, and that is the chances. And I don't, I don't think it happens personally, but the chances that these charges are dropped, we don't really hear much about it afterwards. And there's no video. As long as there's nothing that can't be replayed and it's just a story, stories come and go. Once it's a video and it can be re rewatched anytime on the internet, any kind of surveillance camera that catches him holding a gun and waving it around or whatever. I mean, remember, these are charges of armed robbery and aggravated assault. Having the weapon and having it on him was legal. He had every right to, based on his license to carry. So... Simply having a gun, I mean, like, it, it actually, I guess in a way, unless unless somebody really recorded the situation, it's kind of hard. I don't really know how they're going to be able to prove this. Well, you know, if, so, if, there, if, there, if there is video that shows him with doing all these things, the charger's not being dropped instantly. Uh, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but, those, things, those two things kind of go hand in hand. So if there's, if these charges are dropped, and I'm ta- we're talking about within... By the time we record this next episode of this of this program, you know, then I could see possibly there is a way that he gets off. Scuffy from well, the league, not necessarily from the Giants. Yeah, you know, I, I, if this is taken care of and resolved by the time we record this show, there's still a good chance he will be the starting quarterback, a cornerback for the Giants, if not week one, maybe week two or three. If this kind of drags out for a few weeks to a month or so, and then, you know, they decide not to prosecute or a grand jury doesn't find enough to take it to trial or something and all that. There's no chance. It, it, this is something that for his own sake, they need to get rid of. And that's why you're hearing like his lawyers say, you know, this isn't going anywhere and we have video and all, all this type of stuff, which, you know, you are trying to change the narrative and you're trying to make it difficult for the prosecution to actually, in the district attorney, to file charges, you know, and to, to to take it to trial, you're trying to muddy up a potential jury pool. That the more they hear about it, and they hear both sides of the PR associated with it, you know, to make it more difficult to find a jury that can be unbiased for this too. So, my gut feeling is most likely you're not going to see him with the Giants ever again. I mean, it, it's an uphill battle for him to restore his name in such a fast amount of time that he gets off relatively scot-free. And if he gets suspended for two games, that's relatively scot-free. That's, I that's just pretty close to scot-free. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I have to say, I think I think the victim's recanting has a lot to do with money changing hands or promises of money. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who made $10 million, but... But that's also not that's also not enough to completely dismiss the charges too. I mean, if the if if the district attorney finds enough evidence, they don't need necessarily those that uh, testimony from witnesses either. So, sure, but I mean, I don't know what other what other evidence you could find except other than maybe the supposed watches and cash or whatever was taken. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying though that that is not a, a direct. You know, well, these guys said it, then they're not. You know, well, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, the flip flopping there, I think, can easily be traced to money or promises of money. I mean, it's a guy who made ten million dollars last year, but you know, if you were to, if if he were to get away from this and continue to play, he would make this much money, and we could make it worth your while. How much do you want? Do you want this or do you want this? You know what I mean? That kind of. Well, guess what? If that ever gets out though, and it's traced back to him directly or indirectly, (laughs) he's right back. Same legal trouble he was in before, too. So, well, of course, yeah. Um, you know, th- there's that. I mean, I, I, I think that something probably happened. I don't know what, but I don't think it's completely random that these two guys were were spotted. You know, I, I don't think it's. You know, I assume that the third assailant. I haven't read any report that the third unnamed assailant is in jail. Also, I don't know. I assume and, and, that he is. And listen, 
we're allowed to have our opinions on this too because we you know based on what we've heard so far and to be very honest we haven't read court records of the police report or any of this stuff from what it sounds like we're allowed to have an opinion on this thing don't don't get at us all of a sudden and say you guys uh think you know everything and you're legal experts and you know you're biased to or for i mean we're allowed to have an opinion if i'm biased anywhere i'm biased on his side I, i would love to see him line up on the other side you know week one so don't don't come at me saying I'm biased because I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be realistic right. here. Exactly. You know, I, you will never ever 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 hear me after 2008 defend Aaron Hernandez for something. And you know, I'm not going to defend this guy just because he wears, you know, the colors of my team. So. No, and I would love for him to come back and play and improve and be a, a part of this team, uh, but. You know, not at the expense of the legal system. If if he, if this really took place, then he's going to get what's coming to him. Um, however, if he didn't do this, I hope that he understands that he can't even remotely toe the line. It just doesn't work like that for people of his stature, um, and that he is a target, and he needs to surround himself with good people, or else this will happen to him every year. Um, people will try to extort him in some way or another. So. Speak, speaking of target, the number one target for this after obviously DeAndre Baker is, you know, Dave Gettleman for not having that 2020 foresight of knowing that if he drafted a, a player that a year and a half later he'd be in the legal mess that he is right now. So this came out later. Uh, it, it came out in two waves. The instant wave was is Gettleman to blame for this? He drafted him, he moved up for him. And then the follow-up wave, like maybe an hour and a half later, was there were red flags about Baker right away in the draft pre-draft process, but he still traded up to get him, etc. Look, the, the red flags were undisclosed. So we don't know how serious or, or not serious they were. Just that there were some character flags with him, as there are for lots of players. Some serious some not so serious, and by that I mean some character red flags are that they are lazy, or that they don't take the game very seriously. They rely very much on their talent, or you know maybe they don't do very well in school. Um, maybe they paid somebody to do their work for them in school, etc. I mean, like, and other other character flags are you know we had to pay this woman off in his freshman year because he smacked her across the face or something like that. You know, there are varying degrees of red flags. And And these are, these these are, these are hypotheticals too. We are not saying this is what we're talking about this particular player or anybody else. No, no, no. I just, just to be clear. Yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking completely out of my ass. And, And you had a really good comparison that I followed up on. I mean, you said that there were two quarterbacks drafted first overall that had, character red flags one stole laptop there was a whole scandal eventually left the school well yeah one one quarterback not only stole a laptop then got caught cheating on exams to be dismissed from the university of florida drafted number one you know those red flags were ignored another quarterback accused of rape (laughs) went to trial for rape didn't matter drafted number one yeah and at the end of the day some red flags are ignored for the talent that you know is, is that that comes with those red flags, and we don't know what the conversations were if the red flags were brought up in their interview. You know, if in the if they felt that he was beyond whatever red flag had happened, whether it be Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Winston, DeAndre Baker, they felt that way, then they were comfortable taking the gamble that they were in fact right and. They were banking on his talent and his growth, his maturity. You know, those are gambles that took place in three scenarios that we just presented. You can't even count on the fucking talent. I mean, Cam Newton's case, the dude very nearly won a Super Bowl. I believe he won an MVP that year. I believe so. Yeah. If not, he was he was very high in the running. I'm almost positive he won the MVP that year, though. Um... Jameis Winston kind of fizzled. We're not really even sure if he's starting caliber quarterback right now. He's uh he's around. a no. Nah, I'd say he's a starting quarterback. I think, but I think he needs a second act to his career. Sure, I, mean, I think he's, he's I, currently I, I, in a roster battle. I'll say that much. Yeah, but I mean, I think that was I. I think Jameis 
quite honestly, if Tom Brady didn't fall in the Bucks' lap, would still be a Buck. And I think if this whole virus situation didn't happen, he would have been able to market himself correctly and probably would have had another job somewhere and, and been a starting quarterback somewhere. So I think he kind of gets screwed a little bit by circumstance beyond his control. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, I mean, let's just compare those two players. So one um, nearly won a Super Bowl, very close. It was it was pretty much a one-score game until the end of the fourth quarter-ish. Um Almost an MVP, or no, he was he was an MVP that year in 2015, and um, a first team All Pro that year. And the other, and he, and he has, as far as I know, stayed clean off the field. I don't remember yeah. any stories about Cam Newton off the field incidents, anything of that nature. Jameis Winston, on the other hand, had another problem where he was accused of sexual misconduct by a rideshare driver. Um, in addition to 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 not bringing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anywhere close to the playoff to to Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give that a bit of a pass. I mean that. I mean, the whole uh, organization's a mess, and yeah, and the other thing. I mean, but what, what I'm saying is that they, they they were both drafted first overall. They both had character red flags. One turned into a very good player, where the the talent certainly escalated from what it was displayed at Auburn in like one year, and. Red flags seemed to be a non-issue. The other red flags popped up again. Talent did not take over. I mean, this is kind of a crapshoot. You don't know anything. Yeah, you are I mean, I mean, taking a gamble whenever you draft a player on multiple things. Yeah, I don't. I'm not so concerned about when you have guys with red flags and you're taking the gamble. I don't necessarily. In this circumstance, I'm not worrying about what they actually do. I'm just uh, saying I, that know, everything about the draft is a gamble. That's sure. All I'm saying. Yeah. From the talent to the red flags to anything else. The gamble with the red flags paid off for Winston and for Newton because neither of them got into trouble that jeopardized their career. Or you know, The so, other example so would be like Randy Gregory, who I believe fell out of the first round and into the second round, I think, where he was mm-hmm. drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't believe he's played much more than a game. Exactly. I mean, that that's a case where the gamble fails. I mean, if someone just doesn't play up to being the first pick in the draft or a first round pick or draftable, that's a different scenario than, well, I, you know, I took a shot and the guy turned out to be a piece of shit. And then, you know, we, 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 it didn't work out. So. Right. So to Gettleman now, um, how in the world are you ever going to hold a GM responsible for the in- actions of an individual that, as far as we know, has no prior arrest record? I don't. I don't think there is any arrest record for DeAndre Baker. It would have come out now if, at any other time, in an article of any other charges he had against him in the past. I would be willing to guarantee every single person on Twitter that was like, "This is Gettleman's fault. Fire Gettleman." If you went through their Twitter history, has had a thing for Dave Gettleman and getting rid of him in the past. Yeah, I would I would say that that's true. I mean, there is a very clear divide among Giants Twitter, which does not speak for Giants Nation. They are a, a vocal minority, but you know, between get rid of this guy and give him a chance, there's not even a get rid of this guy and a, he's a great GM. It's, you know, it's more of a, let it play out. Let his plan play out versus get rid of him last week. So, you know, this is just kind of the red meat that people are looking for. And I think, unfortunately, you know, we are living in a world right now. We are becoming partisan on everything. How do we handle this? You know, how do we handle the virus. How do we roll back? Do we roll back fast enough? Too fast. My rights, not my rights. Uh, economic versus medical. You know, I'm not even going to talk about you know the election coming up. Everything is hyperpartisan, black and white. It's this on this side, this on that side. And I think the Gettleman thing is a just a microcosm of that. You know it, and you know people want him out. 
And this is kind of the aha, you see moment yeah. that they've been waiting for. I'm willing to bet without doing a lick of research on this that 32 NFL teams have drafted a player that has been arrested. Sure. So for all of you that are so quick to jump on Gettleman for not having the foresight in this situation, where are all you people who won't give Gettleman credit for the foresight to not resign Corey Latimer? Rested the next day for something kind of similar, actual assault. And, uh, you know, I guarantee you if we resigned him, you guys would be crushing Gettleman right now. And, you know, it's the way where you can't have it both ways with all these things where, you know, bad people do bad things all the time. And sometimes good people do bad things all the time. And sometimes you don't know someone's bad until it's too late. So if you're going to crush him for, for uh, you know, this case, give credit for not signing him there. They're both equally ridiculous. My point before you say, you know, hey, Crank, what are you talking about? You sound like an asshole. But I'm just trying to prove a point that if you're going to sound stupid one way, you can sound stupid the other way too. You don't know everything about a person. You just don't. And, and, you know, if he had had a really, really, really checkered pass with Georgia, I would say that it's fair game to criticize the pick. I still wouldn't say, no matter who the GM is, that he should be fired for this. I mean, we made the example of Randy Gregory. I know he's the owner, but nobody called for Jerry Reese's – Jerry Reese – Jerry Jones's head when that didn't pan out. The dude never really played it down. I just don't, re- I don't remember on draft night. I mean, we can probably go back and you know listen to our old shows and stuff. And do we we never brought up red flags with him, did we? I don't think that we did. I, I mean, somebody dug out a quote from one person that I saw that said that they were surprised that the Giants traded up to get him because of character red flags. One person. I I don't remember seeing. I, I mean, I saw praise for the move. To I, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody praised. It. I'm saying. I did see at the time praise for the the tenacity to move up and grab a corner that was falling that was talented. Um, And you know something too? The Giants are in a position where sometimes they have to take some, you know, a little bit of a risk for something. You know, this is a team that was in complete free fall and needed to completely rebuild. And sometimes you have to take a shot where that risk reward, you know – it, it, to me, it's not much different than the whole situation with Leonard Williams, where people to this day think the program is set back 15 years because we lost a third-round pick. Well, it depends on what you're talking about here. Now, when you say take a risk, are you talking about taking a risk on a guy that they think has a character flaw or taking a risk as in move assets to get, go up and get somebody? Both. Okay. I think they're different risks, and I don't totally agree with you, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you are trying to – your risk-reward tolerance I think is a little higher when you're doing a rebuild because you know, you need, to, you need to hit more often than not, but you need guys also to hit that are at a higher ceiling. So just taking safe bets, okay, they may make your roster, but are they really going to be impact players? Your potential to – get impact players in this league and get them at a cheap rate relative to the open market is a lot fewer than you would like. So, you know, there was a risk, you know, risk for giving up an extra asset or to get a guy like this. But, you know, again, if he becomes, if not a lockdown corner, a solid starter is worth it. I mean that's sound reasoning, you know. When when you have you have to get some high ceiling guys, I, I get you there. I do think that whenever you are in a rebuild, it's not so much that you need; it's that you can't afford to miss anything. And that being said, I think you take fewer risks. That's why. That's why. That's part of the reason why I was on team offensive tackle this year. Yeah, but this, but this we're not talking. This is a risk where the downside sets you back years and years again. Again, you know, if he, if this guy, if you traded up to get him and he's not, the likelihood of him being a successful guy is pretty high. I mean, and we're not even factoring. We're not even factoring the red flag part, even because again, that was not something that you know 
we never heard Adam Schefter talk about it. We never heard, you know, Mortensen or any of these guys, the insiders, really bringing it up. So, you know, I'm sure there's a file on every single person in the league. I'm sure there's a file on you and me about what red flags you might have that, you know, if you dig deep enough, you can find something. Right. So I agree that it's worth it to move up for a guy and to trade assets to get a guy that you like and that you think is good when you're in a rebuild. Fine. I have no issue with that. The character red flags, you know, your risk-reward, I'm not so sure of on a rebuild. But again, what we're talking about here are uh, some bad reports of from, from coaches, basically, um, that were undisclosed. We don't know what those things were, um, and he, he didn't interview very well. We're not talking about a guy with a completely checkered past that we know of. There has been no reporting of him having run-ins with the law, a bad upbringing, you know, he went to the University of Georgia. This isn't a guy that went to Marshall. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's it's it, it, the the character red flags is a convenient thing to look at now. Do you Whereas, consider yeah. Do you consider a bad interview at the combine a character flaw or a character red flag? I hope not. I, again, it depends on what the character. If 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 you have a guy who has reports from his coaches that he is he, he falls asleep in team meetings and then he doesn't interview well because he doesn't really seem to know what he's talking about he doesn't seem very mentally well he didn't really prepare for the interview then I think I, I think I consider it a red flag I guess maybe it doesn't fall under the subcategory of a character red flag but I mean it's not a physical red flag I mean the guy still checks out on the no, field no 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 not, not talking you, you about you see what I'm saying right yeah, I mean that, that there's such a wide range of what that means. You exactly. know, I hear all the time, you know, bad interview. I mean, some people just, you know, they get nervous. I mean, this is not this is a weird kind of thing that these guys have to go to like for a job inter like a you know, trying to get a job. I mean, that's not what they do. They they play football. And, you know, some people are not good public speakers. Some people get very nervous. That's got nothing to do with what they do on the field. And I think sometimes people over, you know, from the time after the last game is played in, you know, January until the draft, the what you see from your game tape seems to get less and less emphasized. And these things get more emphasized because we just have so much time to talk about nothing. And, um, so the the bottom line is that this is not so this is not an I told you so. This is a here's a story, you know, here's an opinion. Let me build back to that opinion. Right, right. This is look, we're talking about like these vague things about what a red flag is, a character red flag. The reason we're talking about in in vague terms is because the report is vague. I mean, there there is not a specificity about any of it. Just that he didn't interview well, there were some red flags. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. Until somebody shows me what those red flags were, then I'm going to tell you, you know, whatever. You're and, making it and this And the source from it as well. Right. Now, now of course, when we talk about it in context with last year, there were some bad reports about him with the team last year. There was some dog in it on the field for him too. There's a very specific play where he just kind of was jogging as a, as a runner ran right past him and somebody else made the tackle. You know, there was reports of him, you know, from Antoine Bethay where veterans are trying to help him. He's yeah, not really yeah, listening. Yeah, but, you know, that's different, though. That's just – that's immaturity. What I'm saying is that people are now, are, are now mounting all of this together as a, you know, as a case against taking him as a case against Dave Gettleman. But this is all post. This is all after the yeah, fact this, now. Yeah, this is all bullshit. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if we're having this conversation seven days ago – Forget anything with the law, and we said, you know, these things. It, we would guarantee you to be like, you know, let's see what happens this year. Let's see if he, the light goes on next year or something. But I don't think I would lose a wink of sleep about it or worry about the situation. So we we would be talking about the secondary as, you know, they drafted some more guys. There's gonna be more competition. A guy like him that might have had a a a freer pass last year is going to get pushed harder this year. So that's got nothing to do with you know how people are making that leap. They're just wrong, and they're exactly. just exactly. Look, if you want to, if you want to take all that evidence together and add it up with maybe 
this coming year he continues to not play well, bad reports in the locker room, etc. And and say that if you want to package that all up and say that Dave Gettleman missed on that pick and he traded up for him and he missed, that's a fine argument. It's also not a reason to fire anybody. Um, but once you start saying that he should have foreseen this kind of thing, you're outside of your mind. I mean, yeah, we're not talking about a Janoris Jenkins type player who was kicked out of school after repeated violations, couldn't clean up his act. Then you know you take a big risk with him on draft day, and then year two armed robbery. Okay, now we're talking about a different thing. But again, this is not the case with DeAndre Baker, as far as we know. He has no arrest record, so it's it just silly. But as you were saying, you know, what would we be talking about at the secondary otherwise? Well, that's that's an important question now because he may not play. So I fully expect that if he were to have a minor suspension of a couple games or, or something, these charges are dropped. I think that he probably wins out competition to start opposite Bradbury. But here is the good news for DeAndre Baker. He is starting with a new coaching staff and a clean slate, like everybody else, and a new defense. So if he gets out of this, his play on the field and his conduct on the Rockham Room are going to dictate who starts at CB. It doesn't really matter what he did last year in a different defense. So, I mean, he does have that working for him. He, it, it's it's anyone's spot right now. Anyone in both spots. I mean, I'd, I'd be very surprised if James Bradbury doesn't win a starting spot. But they didn't st- pay. They didn't pay that money for him not to get a starting spot. Exactly. Exactly. And he and he's a talented guy. But what I'm saying is that everybody is starting at zero now. So his past discretions before this incident don't count against him anymore. So yes. he's going to take but a this- hit here, but he's not. He's not digging deeper. He's just digging from zero. Let me let me ask you something. Do you think the coaching staff right now, when we're re- recording this on a Monday night at ten thirty p.m., do you think right now they are planning for life with him or without him? I think they're planning for both. They're planning for everything. I mean, like I said, I I think right now they have they're not committed to any particular player. This this coaching staff for sure. I mean, they didn't pick anybody prior to this year. They had no input. So you know. They're not committing to jack shit, so they're going to go to training camp, and whoever shows up training camp is going to compete for spots, and they're going to put the best roster yeah, out there I, that they can. I, I hear you say that, but you know, then there's also kind of reality. Like, you know, you be, there's a more of a reasonable chance that he will not be on this team. So I, I, I tend to think that they are, they are planning right now for the fact that most likely he will not be there. You know. Any sort of combination of training camp in the first couple of games. But and also remember, too, that in his potential favor, I guess I want to say, I don't want that to sound like the right thing, that we don't know what training camp's going to look like. True. You know, we, we don't know what the offseason is going to look like. It seems to be trending like there is a greater chance that there'll be more of a normal training camp than we thought three weeks ago based on how the country is opening up at whatever rate it is based upon where that training camp may not take place in the Meadowlands. It may take place somewhere else, but it seems like there's a, a greater chance we'll have training camp like it. But to me, it also seems like he will not play a part in that role too. But, so, so you say, are they planning for life with him or without him? But I don't even know what that means. What are they going to plan for? I mean, right now they're installing a new defense. There's nothing to plan. They, they're they're installing their scheme. They don't. They haven't seen any of these guys work out. I don't know how they could possibly plan for him or without him. I don't know what that means. So I, I think he's actually fine right now. It's going to be training camp day one that's going to make. The I, I I think it impacts how you evaluate the rest of the cornerback room. I think some guys that were, you know, and you don't know this right now. It's going to happen as it plays out. That people that were maybe thought of as being on the outside looking in may get a more fair look. I mean, nobody is, nobody is, whatever a coach says, nobody, everybody is not equal right now. I mean, you kind of have a feeling of where people sort of slot in, you know, that'll never be said in, you know, a a press conference that's kind of coaching one-on-one, but, you know, there is a, you have a, a hint of where people kind of are in that pecking order. And well, where I agree that- with you about that, but I disagree that that applies in this scenario. And the reason why is because it's new coaching staff. So they're coming in here 
and they don't have an opinion yet. So I don't think. Well, they're, they're, I think they have an opinion on him right now. Well, yes. I mean, I, but again, what we're not, talking about what we're talking about is training camp. So if this is still going on by training camp, then absolutely you have a point. Then they're looking at it and they're preparing for life without him. They're preparing a roster without him. Who's going to take that roster spot? We're really going to have to look at this place, this 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 position even more closely. But if he's there, training camp day one, this is all water under the bridge. He's got a two game suspension or something like that, or a four game suspension. Then he's going to show up and compete, and they're going to pick the best roster that. Oh they yeah, can. That, that, I mean, that's, it, that was that wasn't the question. I mean, I, so, I, agree, so like I agree with tonight five eighteen at ten o'clock. I, I think that it's just it is what it is, and they're doing their jobs. And then you know what happens. So the, I guess I should have mentioned this is kind of important. The state has thirty days to proceed or dismiss this case. So this this should be a resolved problem by training camp. Whether he is going to jail or not, this should be well, sorted out uh, by training well, camp. Well, whether he's going to trial or not, the trial may not be for months and months after. Okay, yeah, I mean, yes, I guess what I should say is whether he's going to play at all this year or not shall be figured out in about thirty days. Because if he's going to trial and the trial goes, it's going to be months. He's going to be, end up on the exempt list at best, which means he's not going to count against the roster. But he's going to be—he's not going to play. Well, so, we don't know I mean, what his, we don't know the terms of what his bail is. You know, I guess he's, right he's, now he's, he's out. To, he's out. He posted bail. Right, but he's not allowed to leave the state of Florida right now. I mean, remember when Kobe Bryant had his rape case? He was flying into Denver, you know, for you know a day of the trial, and he'd fly out and go to a game that night, and then come back to Denver the next day and stuff. So. It's theoretically possible that he could be awaiting trial on trial. I guess what is, as of this moment, what is his official status with the league? Is he's not on the exempt list yet? He's, he's not on anything right now. The league. So has now, not, yeah, he's just been told to stay away from team activities by the Giants, not the league. Okay, so that that'll be something to look at. Also, is how is the league going to proceed? You know, by putting on an exempt list, or you know, will the Giants just suspend him? Will the Giants? How they'll handle it. It's still going to be, and you're right. It's going to be pretty much after that 30 day. We're going to know where the direction this is headed. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's that's going to say a lot 30 days from now. So I guess we'll revisit this shit then. But as of tonight, May 18th, Monday, how do you feel if Baker doesn't have to go? Can't can't play. I should say. Well, not good. I mean, <laughs> we. Um... We in free agency we we signed a you know probably a number one corner we fortified more in the draft this position it's a position of need it's a position that needed depth and needed more overall talent needed more experience and one of the guys that got a lot of experience last year I mean he struggled but it was important experience and was counted on to be a starter I'm going to assume for right now is not going to be there so that's that's a problem. Because this secondary, you know, as part of an overall defense, is going to be the Achilles heel of this team. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I will say, though, that I think that this was going to be kind of, in some ways, a make-or-break year for him anyway. Um, If he were to have another really piss-poor year, I think they'd be dipping really hard into the cornerback pool in the draft next year. Um, So, if he can't play this year... Then I think we're, it would it would ultimately wind up being just about the same as if he played poorly. Um, I do have it ultimately ultimate overlook ten steps back at the Giants roster, what their plans are going forward, etc. You know, I do think that there is some time, some chance for Sam Beal to really step up here. I think he was. He had time taken away from him due to injuries, um, you know, that he really didn't even sustain playing football um, for the most part. So we haven't really gotten a chance to see a guy that was very, very, very well regarded coming out of school in Western Michigan. I do think that he can play, and I think his time on the practice field that was recorded and reported on showed that he could play. I think that Corey Ballantyne can actually step up. I know he didn't play well last year, but he's he was one of those guys who was making the big, big jump from Washburn. Yeah, I mean, that to me is the more of the longer shot. I think that he's a rotational guy. I, I don't think he was even drafted to be someone to compete for a starting spot. I think he was a, a depth signing. 
and that's asking a lot for him to seriously to compete to be a starter. I, I think he has the talent to start in this league. I think it was just always going to take him a lot more time. Um, you know, guys like that come out of schools like that all the time. They just don't usually perform very well year one. And he probably shouldn't have even had a chance to perform last year. Um, you know, he got kind of beat up, but I think that, you know, if he keeps at it, he can, he can absolutely become a, a big part of a, a secondary, whether it's here or somewhere else. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not I, giving I, up on any of those guys. Um, I, I'm not giving up on a guy like him. I just... I think the expectations from him, I think both from the prior coaching staff and for this coaching staff are going to be, you know, a rotational guy who, who helps out but is not really a starter. I mean, remember, Gettleman is still the glue between the old staff and the new staff. And, you know, as, you know, ever since this coaching staff you know, took over, they've been working very closely to get them and to get assessments of everybody on the roster and everybody that they're bringing in. So it's not a question of like the first day. Oh, let me like, it's like the first day of little league when, you know, 12 people just show up at the field and you kind of say, okay, this is what I got. I mean, they're, they're going to have a, a pretty good starting point to understand what these people are, you know? And I, I, I again, I, I think that, Valentine's going to last longer probably than we originally thought on this team, you know, for years wise and stuff. But I don't have any expectations for him to, you know, if he's one of the starters, I'm worried. Well, we'll see. Like I said, I'm not going to be worried about anything because I know that the starter is going to be whoever wins out in camp. Everyone's going to get a fair shot. So whoever that starter is, I can't be worried because I know it will only get worse as it goes down the depth chart. So yeah, you know, just, just because somebody wins a, you know, a battle in camp to be the starter, that doesn't mean that the winner is adequate. It might be just... Yeah, of course. I mean, just, you know, one when there's a low bar, so... I mean, we're working from where we're working from at this point. So, you know, that is going to be one of the things, if and when training camp opens up, that we will definitely focus on, and that's going to be that other corner spot. Absolutely. Is there anybody, before we finish up, is there anybody out there in the open market that's still available that the Giants may want to kick the tires? There's a, there's a couple guys. Um, some are old. Some are not that spectacular, like Logan Ryan. Um, there's some other guys that have like some some injury problems, like Darquez Denard, um, who's still pretty young at 28. I don't know what they can afford is really going to be the bigger issue. So whoever whoever they're really spending money on, like Ross Cockrell, Logan Ryan, it's going to have to be somebody low on the the salary line there. So you're not going to get too much anyway except for a veteran guy who is not going to be on your team next year but is going right. to hold and it down never... and be a voice in the locker room. Exactly. That the expectation for whatever this would be is purely a stopgap. You know, we're not looking for the next starter for 10 years. We're not looking for a, you know, development project. It's like we need a body and we need a guy who can come in and can play. So. But that's all for today. So we will see you next week where we start going down the schedule unless more news breaks, which I kind of doubt. But if anything kinda, does, we kind of we kind of hope not actually. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, but if anything does break, you can find it on Twitter first. I'm at football underscore grump. I am at the cranky fan as always. And um, the podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, etc. Uh, follow us there, you know, subscribe, get free episodes, or follow us on, and follow us on Twitter at Just Giants Pod, uh, where we post new episodes weekly. Yeah, and also follow our Facebook page as well, where we also post new episodes as soon as they come out. So. And that's all, so we'll see you next week. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.